Have you ever had a thought or read a book that changed everything about the way you perceive your life and the system? On this episode of The Lunch Boys, the boys look back on their lives and those moments that made them finally realize we are so screwed. Hey guys, welcome to the Lunch Boys Podcast. And today, we're taking a step back from all the craziness in the news and all the wildness of how much of a nasty woman Kamala Harris is. Um, <laughs> uh, for real though, the more I learn about her, the more I'm just like, what? Yeah. She is like <laughs> as close to evil as it oh, sounds be. like nasty is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she is horrendous but yeah so what we're doing today is we're actually going to talk about you know we have some different opinions you know and all three of us are not exactly the same and we wanted to kind of just give you guys a little overview of what brought us to our current line of thought and uh there's a lot of intersectionality in some of our stories i know especially with mine and ryan's but um ryan why don't you uh take it away what brought you to thinking along libertarian uh philosophy maybe flirting with some ancapism and all that good stuff yeah we're doing a lot more than flirting let's just be Ooh, honest it's getting kind of serious <laughs> it's just, yeah well it's, it's not it no they live together it's not serious though yeah yeah it's a, it's a casual <laughs> thing um i mean married like, in the eyes of god <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like the idea behind this was um libertarian and especially anarchist views on anything are so not the mainstream so like how did how did we get here and like every person has some story like very little is it always like well my dad was an ancap and <laughs> you know so i just became an ancap like his father before him every like, time he got the mail he just swore to himself like one day god lysander <laughs> spooner ah, if only um so yeah i mean i grew up in the most apolitical environment on the planet i didn't know what a republican or a democrat well i knew that those were the two options but i didn't know anything past that just their names until i was probably 14 like it was just nobody talked about it ever but like you got exposed to it through tv or at school right i mean i would hear republicans did x democrats did y and i'm just like okay and then like even from then like i always heard like the inconsistencies it's like republicans vote against budget increase republicans vote for four budget increase so it's like like i kind of had a sense that this was all bs we're gonna pay off the debt here's two trillion dollars precisely um so then like like none of my friends talked about it like nothing um and then uh some people came into my life you know just for sake of vagueness i guess and not to point people out some people came into my life and family where uh they were very politically minded very like current events aware um who was like a bernie bro more or less um and then i also started getting on reddit which is a mistake (laughs) very liberal reddit (laughs) oh it like if you're left a lot of social it, justice warriors yeah, very forward thinking with the memes 
Uh, yeah. Yes. If, yes. if you're right, they always Bernie start Sanders, with what are your preferred pronouns? Yeah. You may post those three. <laughs> Community <If you're>, guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On Reddit, if you're right of Bernie Sanders, you're a Nazi. So it's like. I got inducted into that echo chamber like pretty good and to the point where I at one point thought like an 80% tax rate wasn't the worst idea like I was gone I was all of gone. us just made faces at Ryan yeah yeah this is like, where like the the thunder starts to rumble in the background and there's ominous music playing yeah yeah so then uh <laughs> 2016 happens with that election um and I was like you know pissed that bernie didn't get the pick and like fine like we'll settle for clinton i guess like yeah. sort of thing. i can't Man, believe this, is this so uh, recent wow yeah, yeah i know right yeah ryan's a young um, boy yeah uh <laughs> and then uh like the idea it was probably like seven eight months before the election actually happened where i started thinking like trump could actually win this thing and I didn't like either of them at all. So I was just like, what is the third option? Because there has to be one. And like I, I've said it a few times, but like the idea that we have a million options for every consumer item uh, imaginable, but we only have two options for who runs the, the country and like by proxy the world. It's like, this seems ridiculous. Who's the, like, we have to have another option. And then I found, like, obviously the Libertarian Party is the third biggest option. So I was like, all right, let's let's see what uh, what they've got to say. And then because Did, I like, was Ralph Did, Ralph Nader and, like, the Green Party, that didn't, like, catch your fancy at I, all? I was literally just going down the list. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, these people I thought have... he would be kind of, like, the bigger voice um, in recent history, right? The Green Party? Yeah, I mean, it just didn't hit... Or like I didn't find it like the LP is bigger than the Green Party, so I just like all right, let's see what they're about. And then I, because I was so inculcated into the uh, the Reddit hive mind, oh, great word, yeah, right, um, SAT word, <laughs> read books, kids. Uh, <laughs> um, because I was so bought into that hive mind, I searched the first thing was the Libertarian subreddit. I was like, all right, let's see what these not the LP dot org like nothing. Let's go to the Libertarian subreddit. And sort by like all, you know, or uh, top of all time, and just like let's start scrolling. And the first thing, obviously, was a taxation is theft meme. I was like, this is freaking ridiculous. They don't actually believe that. And then uh, I kept going down the list, and um, I was like, oh man. I mean, like I don't agree at all, but like this is a different worldview. And then I found a Steven Crowder video that changed my mind on guns, and he was the first person I'd ever heard and I was like a super only the military and police should have guns like that's you don't need a gun call the police if your home is being invaded how naive I was um then I found Steven Crowder giving a actual argument for guns and not using a straw man like using numbers and I was like ooh, maybe there's something to this and so then I went down like the Crowder Shapiro rabbit hole um which they're neocons right yeah and i i've pretty close yeah i listened to ben shapiro probably daily for a year and a half like even after i made the switch to libertarian like he called himself a libertarian and i like didn't know a ton so i just like followed him and you know i disagree on some things obviously but like i think he's okay overall um but like yeah like he's a little right of steven crowder but he's not like 
he's not a Trumper. He's not like Janine Pirro, who just like loves Trump yeah. and everything he does. Yeah, I think he gets... Or un- like Sean Hannity. Yeah, I think he gets unfair. I think him and Tucker are in the same box to me. It's like, I respect you guys because you have like original, like actually interesting opinions. You're usually consistent about things, usually. Um, and it's like, for a mainstream personality, you are one of the better ones to me, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So I went down that rabbit hole. And then I got introduced to uh, the idea of Rothbardian libertarianism. So Woo. like, I subscribed to the libertarian subreddit probably a few months after I had originally found it and just went through all the articles, all the memes. I'm like, these people actually have some answers to things. And you're kind of lining up with what I would like. Um, and then like, I talked to some people in my life about it, and all of them said, like, that's a joke ideology that's a a waste of a vote you know like all of the typical you have to like come out as a libertarian to friends and family (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and like you have to come out as conservative like they're just like man we should have free health care blah 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 and it's like i agree um, but like what about devil's advocate you know try to sneak in what you actually believe um so uh at, at that point like somebody on reddit recommended anatomy of the state and that was just devastating to my worldview um because i had like bought into taxation is a necessary evil and then rothbard was like so you're saying evil is necessary and i'm like Ooh. <laughs> oh maybe uh but let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's go down. <laughs> let's see what you have to say mr rothbard mises hayek hazlitt <laughs> like what do you have to say um and then, like, I just basically started a one-person anarchist book club and, uh, you know, just started reading all of the greats. The Economics in One Lesson was the second book I read. I was, we were actually just talking about that before the show. Um, so Economics in One Lesson was the second book I read in, like, the political sphere. And uh, from that, I was just like, all right, it's over. <laughs> I've, I've, I've bought it. Like, I know I'm going to go down this wormhole because I'm a massive nerd and I love, like, intellectual consistency because i like not being able to have a gotcha moment i hate the idea of having a gotcha moment and like in conservative and progressive circles you find that all the time it's like government should provide health care because it's necessity to, to life and if somebody were to say should there be socialized food i would have gone that's ridiculous it's like all right well why not like you're already past the constitution you're already past like you know you're not you're arbitrarily drawing the lines and that's what politicians do and what everybody does. It's just arbitrarily draw lines. So I'm like, where's the non-arbitrary line? And it's zero <laughs> for taxes, at least. It's zero. <laughs> Everything above that is completely arbitrary. So I was like, mm-hmm. and like my math brain was like, yeah, that makes sense. But like, yeah, that can't actually happen in reality. Um, and then like, you, that's when that sort of idea of, well, you need taxes for X, Y, and Z service. And it's like, uphold the Constitution because it's done a, such a great job of defending our liberties. Um, and then like I was just like, well, what would it look like if we had privatized anything the government does? And then like schools was the first one that really got me uh, because I was like, the school system failed me hard. Like it just... It wasn't for me. I wish there was another option, but there, there isn't. 
because it's a, a monopoly on education, more or less. You know, even private schools have to have their curriculum yeah. approved by the government and like their teaching methods approved by the government. So it's like there is not as many choices as I would have liked there to be. Um, so somebody sold me on the school thing. Somebody sold me on the healthcare thing of like how they broke healthcare and college prices and all that. And here I am, <laughs> super laissez-faire, uh, sympathetic to anarcho-capitalism. Uh, all the way down the rabbit hole thinking joe jorgensen the libertarian candidate is too moderate <laughs> that's where i'm at i flip-flopped hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i've also read like I, I i would like to think i am more informed than the average person i've read a lot of books i've read uh, i read a lot of articles and like granted every every economic policy is in theory this will happen in theory so who knows how it actually plays out <laughs> you know um, I, I doubt they were expecting Medicare and Medicaid and certificate of need legislations to ruin the healthcare industry. And if they were expecting that, uh, then they're evil, <laughs> which just makes a bigger point to why would we let these people be in charge? Um, so that's more. And then also shout out to part of the problem with Dave Smith and the Tom Woods show. They were amazing podcasts. Oh my God. If you're okay with the F word, Dave Smith. Oh, <laughs> if you can't do the F word, yeah. Tom Woods is like, it's like a college lecture every 30 minutes of, of an episode. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, th those two podcasts alone were the first, um, like hardcore, like let's just dive into the theory of some things, uh, and give our current events takes through this lens. And so like, I like this. I like this a lot. <laughs> it's interesting. You don't hear it all the time. And uh, there's actual, like, theory and nuance to it. Um, so that's, like, and I probably got, like, a thing or two mixed up in the timeline. But that's, like, more or less how I ended up here. Uh, it is the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me. Because now it's <laughs> nice. like playing guitar. Now my entire life revolves around reading these books, thinking about this philosophy, trying to think through how I would like, you know, police to look in like a fully private free society, but also hmm. like a thinking citizen. That's the government's worst nightmare. Yeah. But then like also the idea, it, it's also like, and this is like super cheesy, but um, going the mindset from the government should do everything to the government shouldn't do everything. It's like, it, it lit a fire under me to like work to the point where I can provide the life I wanted the government to provide me. Um, which like, that's super cheesy and like philosophical and spiritual or whatever, but cheesy it, it, <laughs> philosophical. Uh, um, but like it, it bumped my work ethic up a lot. Just, you know, to have the word capitalist branded on half of your, political ideology it's like all right let's let's uh live up to that <laughs> let's work nice. 50 hours a week and just figure it out you know and to know what that means and like why it's beneficial for all people yeah and why and true then, capitalism uh, is a, a sense of service not a sense of uh extortion yeah and then the government and it's funny how all that gets flipped yeah and then the government came along with a virus with a 99.99 percent survival rate and shut the capitalist system down so <laughs> all of my work was for nothing um, oh my but, gosh! Yeah, that's a actually it's ninety nine point nine six according to Stanford. Look that up. Interesting study. And from what I understand, Stanford's pretty legit. They're a community know? college out in California. So. <laughs> 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 um, but, 
Yeah, just a quick aside. There is a study from Stanford's medical department that uh, landed on the, inf- uh, the infection fatality rate if you're under 70 and healthy being 0.04%. Um, so, But that's compelling. only if you believe in science. If you don't believe in science, put on a mask and go yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it like granted the paper hasn't been peer reviewed yet, uh, but it's also the same department that came out with a study saying that the spread was six to twenty four times more spread than we were aware of, and then that got peer reviewed and they were right, and then the CDC adopted their study and like you know, so th- they're oh, not nobodies. <laughs> viruses spread exponentially, like we always knew. And Get there's out a, of here. a massive asymptomatic rate like we always knew anyways that just like that's a completely other thing look into that it's a interesting enough study um but that's how i ended up going from like a step to the right of a communist to a a laissez-faire market anarchist (laughs) i like the word it's uh, interesting though i like the word voluntarist because it sounds nicer (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, I, I got to say, though, I really appreciate anybody that because I mean, all I mean, especially for you and I in particular, like we both came from thinking one way and then thinking another way. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember back in my days, I used to get on like people like John Kerry. Remember when they used to call him like a waffle, a flip flop? Yeah. Now, granted, it was a little bit of a different argument that they were arguing for. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I used to think it was bad if you changed your opinion on something yeah. and how you viewed the world. Um, that that showed some type of weakness in your own ideology mm-hmm. when really it sh- in my opinion now it shows intellectual fortitude to say I thought this but then I researched and I studied and now I think this um, uh, on, it's more so that. when you revert back a third time that's when yeah. you're a real John Kerry <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and on the intellectual consistency thing uh, I, I forgot to mention a big point in my flip as well was when I was thinking of like how or, or when I was thinking, like, the government should, like, do healthcare specifically. Um, it, like, the idea that Donald Trump being in charge of my healthcare was like, ah, there's got to be another way. <laughs> <laughs> like, there has to be. <laughs> um, so, like, the idea of, like, the power you grant the government getting in the wrong hands. Uh, if you apply that consistently, you can't be a progressive. And uh, those hands might do just about anything. So, And we have learned that in the last six to seven centuries for sure (laughs) definitely definitely that's my uh so uh it's my origin story (laughs) ryan that's super interesting henry what what got you to the place of where you're at right now mentally um i was gonna suggest i go last because i don't want to turn any of the listeners off because (laughs) we're gonna go off the deep end yeah, That's gonna happen. I love it. Okay, I love it. Okay, so I'll I'll go next. Cool. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for that. <laughs> I don't even know. What, I don't know what he's about to say. Just for the record, <laughs> he's about to make a legit case as to why George Soros is an actual lizard. <laughs> and he's like, I couldn't tell Jake and Ryan because we're recording and we can't stop now. Yep, yep. <laughs> It'll be like the end of Independence Day. Hello, boys. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> um yeah so yeah so i i grew up in a christian home my dad's a pastor um and 
I was taught that Republicans were good and Democrats were bad. And I was definitely like a, a huge fan of conservative ink. Um, one of the first books I bought because every page is pretty funny. Um, is it's a it's a book by Ann Coulter mm. called oh. <laughs> Yeah, I was <laughs> conservative. Um and it was it was called If Democrats Had Any Brains They'd Be Republicans and I thought it, mm. the title was funny and then the book itself was pretty funny. Um and so I was just like way I I started a blog when I was like in high school and is it was such a up? bad idea. Is that still up? No, 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 no. I took that down. Let's find the archive. Quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's probably floating around on the internet somewhere, but I would write stuff like that was anti, you know, abortion. I would write stuff that was anti-gay. I would write stuff. Um, and then like, I don't know, I started to actually meet gay people. And it's kind of the gays that initiated my, I can say the gays. Um, <laughs> I started... It you was kind of people who were gay that, <laughs> right. <laughs> As a black man, I can say whatever I want about any marginalized people group. Uh, <laughs> Unless you're um, Dave Chappelle, then you're going to get criticized. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is so funny because he actually has some good criticism of the world. Um, right. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I just started to actually meet gay people and some of them were just like some of any other group of people. Um, some of them were super freaking awesome. And I was just like, man, like why that I always have like such an issue um, with your lifestyle and things like that. And in, in the Christian world, um, people will make a case in the Bible about why gay people should or shouldn't get married. And, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like it's helpful in this conversation to go into like those things because it's the, the main idea that I want to take away is like, I started to realize that people would say stuff like the country's going away from God and stuff like that. And we're turning away from our Christian values and this one question got put into my mind and it was really just a matter of consistency. And the question was if God ordained marriage and it's between a man and a woman, then why does what the state says about it matter to you so much? Mm. Because if that matters to you so much, when there's millions and millions of people on the earth and only a fraction of them live in this country, then I would venture to say that your God is not the God in the Bible and that you preach about from the pulpit, but instead your God is a monopoly on ideals that you want to impose on your government. And that, as soon as that seed of doubt got put into my mind, it was just like, I I got to start thinking about other things. So mm-hmm. I, I still like was uh, voting um, Republican in the few years that I got to vote. Um, I was still like very much into Republican thought. I was very I was a big fan of Steven Crowder for a long time. Uh but then Steven Crowder did this thing where he was making fun of I think it was Nancy Pelosi for lying. And he like had this great video of like all these different highlights of like Nancy Pelosi telling freaking stupid lies. And then he says, "Now, now Trump lies too." But like when Trump lies, it's like it's like an exaggeration or something. And he just like spends like the next like 5 minutes talking about why Trump's lies aren't as bad as Pelosi's lies. Yeah. And that was like another one of those moments where I went, "Man, like lying is bad from yeah. elected officials." Now, I hear the point you're making as far as like what lies Trump was telling versus what lies Pelosi was telling, but at the end of the day, to me, 
it's a lie and we elected you so tell me the truth (laughs) you know what i'm saying and so I, i that was like a red pill moment for me where i was like okay like maybe i'm a conservative like republican leaning guy but i i really don't like that it's we can sit there and say oh it's okay when trump lies but it's not okay when nancy pelosi lies and then we were out to eat at this burger place and this bass player named ryan was hanging out with us (laughs) and he just starts going (laughs) off on politics (laughs) just for the record Uh, i was not provoked they were talking about it first i don't bring it up with strangers or even friends uh, it turns people off so he went fast we might have said like trump and then ryan goes and then the government does this oh my god and i'm like who is this guy (laughs) um (laughs) and it could have happened (laughs) but what was really interesting though in that those these funny outbursts (laughs) was that like it was really solid commentary that lined up with the fact that nothing's changing and that republicans aren't really doing anything different and like as a person who grew up so conservative i realized that in the cultural war we lost all the time and i really got sick of losing constantly uh which is why you know i'm leaning so hard libertarian now because i just love to win um three <laughs> <laughs> percent baby uh, <laughs> woo! what are the, all those memes going around with like first second place and then libertarians are like getting high and like popping bottles because they got three percent of the vote <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we're going for 90 um, this, this election yeah yeah <laughs> um and so I started listening to Ryan talk. I was just like, man, like this guy, it, it's so interesting, his commentary that he not only has, of course, on the left, because it was easy for me to criticize the left being someone who came from the right. Well, to be fair, uh, it's easy for anyone to criticize the left. <laughs> I mean, the left is the least intellectually consistent by a long shot. But <laughs> yeah. the, and that's the it, nicest thing you can is. say about them. Yeah, <laughs> That's really it. You know, <laughs> they are awful. Um and so is the right, but it's just like a different kind of awful, and the left is like much less palatable for me, mm-hmm. um, perhaps because of my upbringing, or because Kamala Harris likes to use imprisoned black people as slaves, and then say that she wants to like <laughs> it's because she's evil, <laughs> like she's and just, then cackle, uh, or that Joe yeah. Biden was against busing and didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle, or that he continually sniffs kids, but we hate Trump so much that that's the options you get where you're going to take a guy who is anti-civil rights and a woman who has been active in keeping black people in prison and threatening prison to people who didn't send their kids to school. Over- so it's just easier for me to criticize the left because I'm like, y'all are so, you hate your own, like you literally just tore up like what, 50 cities across the United States yeah. and then you're like, you know who's going to fix this? Kamala Harris. Let's celebrate. <laughs> yeah. You know who's going fi- to uh, fix police oh. brutality? A cop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know who's gonna fix the problem of rich old white men in charge? Putting a rich old white man in charge. Heck, yeah. you know what's gonna get it so that black women have access to more opportunities? An old white guy. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. So I don't know. So I I was talking to Ryan, and Ryan said, "Hey, you ought to read this book." And just now, I was looking for the quote, and I'm struggling to find it, and it's making me really sad. But um, so I, gotta use I read Books. Anatomy of the State. I know I've Just got Apple Books, and I'm searching like the highlight word. and notes. Um, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I read Anatomy of the State, and this thing 
I don't think it's possible to read it and in an intellectually consistent way not have your world just be changed because I saw everything that was wrong with the right and the left in this 49 page pamphlet yeah uh it's at least and like you can't read it comfortably if you're like in the status mindset you can't comfortably read it if you're being honest with yourself right and it made me extremely uncomfortable because I had the like I had some wonderful like I'm sure they don't listen to the show, but I'm thinking of people like Gian. I'm thinking of people like Stuart. Um, I had people like Jamie in my life that just taught me that, like, oh, okay, like, if I believe that marriage is this, then, like, I don't think I need the state to also bar them from that because the covenant's with God. So I needed that mental break where, like, my politics and my religion were not connected. And that was a really helpful break for me. And I'm really happy for those guys that are happy and grateful for those guys that they were able to change my mind in that. But then this was like, okay, well now my ideas need to be divorced from the government, which is kind of a weird thing in a political idea Mm -hmm. uh, or a political party even to, to have ideas about like, we're a party that wants to abolish the thing that we're vying for power in. What? Um, (laughs) but Rothbard and anatomy of the state, the first two chapters, what the state is not and what the state is oh. <laughs> are probably some of the most compelling and interesting things I've ever read in my life where it's like just the fact that Americans are so keen to say things like we are at war with Iraq. No, we are not. Our government has military operatives over there, mm-hmm. but we, you and me don't have an issue with Iraq. Iraq hasn't is barely even in our mind. Um, they have not aggressed against us in any way. And then like what the state is was so helpful because it helped me to realize, man, this government doesn't exist to take care of me. And then it, the natural conclusions of those things were like, police aren't here to take care of me. Police aren't here to protect me. Um, the military isn't here to protect me. The military is here to follow the orders of the government, which can be for a tyrannical purpose or for a protective purpose, which means ultimately what serves me is not their end goal, um, mm. which started to mess with kind of like in the last podcast where I was kind of fumbling through like my idea of support the troops. I'm like, yeah, I mean, sure, but don't forget that those same people are going to be the ones that the government sends after you if you don't want to give up your guns. So like... It, it's yeah. just they aren't there to protect you and to protect your freedoms. They aren't. And I know that's like the biggest pill in the world. Like, you know, sing the national anthem because they fight for your freedoms. They haven't fought for your freedom since we signed the Constitution into law. They don't care about you. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's that was like, oh, because, you know, I grew up like military in my family and all that stuff. That was a tough one. So then in Rothbard, I was trying to find the exact quote. But in that Anatomy of the State book, there was this paragraph on taxation and he said that, and I have to paraphrase, but he, I, I didn't forget it because it was just so, oh my gosh. He said, if any other organization procured its funds by coercion, and he had a much better thesis of how he laid this all out, but I'll just say it in uh, with tact and, and short. But he said, like, with coercion, then it would not be considered, it would not be called taxes but instead, it would be thinly disguised banditry. Mm-hmm. And that, I remember I put down, I was reading it on my phone um, on Apple Books. I put down my phone and had to take a deep breath and just go. <laughs> yeah, the idea As that, a conservative like, person. Yeah, the, the, uh, go the, ahead. The, the taxation is theft idea is like such an uncomfortable. Because like, like I said, like that's the one that got me. And it's like the implications of that. Are the entire thing is illegitimate 
if taxation is theft, all and, of it, and that is how they get their funds to do things, and you actually believe that the entire thing is illegitimate, and like, if it's a necessary evil, like you need that as close to zero as possible. And what does it look like to be zero? You know, like that's where I'm at. Like, let's just roll back the budget ten percent every year until we get to zero. And if chaos breaks out at ten, okay. We'll stop there, but let's get to as close to zero as possible. <laughs> and it's interesting because once that that gets broken open, I started to realize that law is enforced by way of taxes. So, mm-hmm. like, whether it be law enforcement, officers, military, anything. So, when you have, like, lefties who are, you know, traditionally they're supposed to be, like, the anti-war peaceful people. That hasn't been the case for years, but traditionally that's what they're supposed to be. Um, uh it's just interesting because like oh well we we care about people and so we want to make sure that everyone wears their mask because of covid and if they don't the police should go there you have to take that to its logical conclusion which is you want a government gun to get pointed at anybody that doesn't wear a mask there's no other way to explain it it than that yeah just to uh could you elaborate on because we've said it a few times i don't think we've ever elaborated the government gun thing like Obviously, every police interaction. Oh you yeah, have, that's actually exactly. It, yeah. Okay. Okay. Just, just to yeah, expand so, on that a little bit. Yeah. So any law that gets passed and and it becomes a law, any bill that becomes a law is probably a better term. <laughs> um, <laughs> any bill that becomes a law, it has to be enforced by law enforcement officers. So whether that be police officers, military, whatever. Um, IRS agents. So if <laughs> yeah, IRS agents. So for example. Uh, it doesn't have to literally be a gun. I think government gun is just a great way to like to put it into perspective because it can also be like a financial gun, if you will. So say you don't pay your taxes, um, then now you have to pay or what's a, a better example would probably be the Affordable Care Act or as Obama had passed it. I was even even on the taxes. You could do it for anything. So literally any regulation. For, is so essentially the government like anything gun. for uh yeah for, like you you kind of separated the two out into a physical and a financial um usually you know in what most people would interact with if you're not doing something that's already been deemed illegal the financial just leads to the physical so if we don't pay our taxes we get fined but what happens if you don't pay the fine you get fined again but what happens if you don't pay that fine you'll probably get fined again but what happens if you don't pay that fine they'll come An to your IRS door, agent and try to take you away and if you try to make it so they won't take you away and you fight back what'll what do they do to you what do they do to you if you fight against federal agents they'll they freeze you. your accounts they'll make it so that you can't you can't travel like all the things and then they'll shoot you if you're fighting against yep. an agent or a cop like we all know we've all seen the videos if you're fighting a cop you get shot like that's how laws are enforced because you know that that's the end game if there wasn't a threat of violence right we wouldn't follow these regulations but like it it gets it's so much deeper than that because it's even if you just look at like what your dollar says it's a federal reserve note so it's a debt note Mm -hmm. and basically by having a social security number you're an underwriter of the national debt so if any point we don't pay other nations their debt you are responsible for picking up a gun yourself and going and fighting overseas so it's real deep and just so you know there's seventy thousand dollars per citizen uh, no, there. Uh, one, yes, yeah, seventy or sixty-eight thousand dollars per citizen, one hundred and eighty-three thousand dollars per taxpayer of, of debt. And anytime you want to get goods and services from the government, like whether it be something nice, like 
healthcare or uh, services for homeless people, things like that, and you use the government to do that, it becomes a law, which means you're required to pay it. And the threat there is that if you don't pay it, it's you are inciting yeah. violence against your neighbor. And and that reading the anatomy of the state, and you know, just without going like down all the rabbit holes, that's just like my mental um, switch because. Mm-hmm. We should definitely talk about like taxes, like do a whole episode on taxes because that is so fascinating just to me. Yeah. Because the amount of violence that the government commits or convinces us to get to like vote against our neighbor, basically. Like if I'm conservative and you're liberal, then I'm going to, it's moral, it's immoral for you to own a gun and point it at me, but it's moral for me to vote a gun to point at you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And and just for the, (laughs) because a common argument is, well, you're getting services like and goods out of that and it's like okay let's just hypothetically say walmart comes to your door with a gun and takes your money but leaves you clothes and food doesn't make it not theft but because the government is mean, this magic I, fairy like organization <laughs> i'll make it even more uncomfortable i'll make it even more uncomfortable sex feels good but if you force someone time. to have sex with you <laughs> <laughs> right and of course there's like biological things that can come into play here as well but just for the sake of argument like sex feels good you know and maybe you're like a good-looking person and then two good-looking people but one of them it's not consensual like all of a sudden now you've got a very different type of scenario or something that generally speaking is good because becomes something that's extremely scarring and evil right and so yeah it might feel good to get a ration of food from the government right but there's a level of excuse me there's a level of evil that had to occur in order for that to happen and mm-hmm. we can't sit there and say that oh well one of these parties you know got off and so it was okay it's like no someone else got raped and that's literally what we do with the law and it, it it's just like it, it blows my mind and then conservatives are just like oh just tax you know less and then do it slightly different and then also let's get into 16 different wars and in yeah. the past i'd say 10 years democrats have been like you know what i like the wars because we can profit um <laughs> <laughs> didn't used to be that way but that's what it is now yeah. um and i just started to realize like gosh between all these different things i realized that whatever political ideas i held because of my religion if i couldn't be held uh, logically without religion then probably were invalid in some way shape or form mm-hmm. or I wasn't thinking of them properly um, and then even like the whole marriage thing anyway outside of the ideological thing was really more of a tax thing and so it's like people wanted to get predated by the government less and so they wanted to be able to marry their, their boo thing whether they be two dudes or two women and I'm like even that is predicated on government guns being pointed on people and it's just like Oh, it just unraveled for me. And so that's kind of what brought me to hear a lot of talks with Ryan and reading <laughs> the anatomy of the state. And then we just and decided to start that book. recording our talks and called it the lunch book. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And that's how this podcast was born was we yeah. went to lunch. We went to barbecue and uh, it was delicious. We ate all the foods that Kamala tells us we can't eat. <laughs> I was having shrimp. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You get you always get the shrimp po boy there. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> just as a side note, I just I'm never gonna forget when we were in the parking lot and it started to rain like crazy, and then Jake goes, "Oh, wait, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What if we call it the Lunch Boys?" And yeah, that was the moment. That was the spark, mm. and the universe grew from there. <laughs>
And I still laugh whenever I think of the Colin story. Oh, of yeah. That guy that's like, <laughs> oh, your name's Colin, right? And you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that uh, became your uh, totalitarian anti Jew. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alter ego. <laughs> that's a joke. He's um, not anti Semitic. Yeah, sorry for uh, derailing you right there. I just I figured we hadn't gone down that thing, the government gun thing. Didn't mean to derail. Oh, taxes bad. is so fun. Uh, we'll do another and I think it's so worth it. talking about because every yeah. law every tax every service that we want to provide forcefully to our yeah. neighbor um, it was it, it's predicated on violence all of it yeah and as soon as you get that in your head it doesn't matter how righteous your legislation or how righteous your idea is or even something as benign as like wearing a mask because of covid like anything that you impose on your neighbor requires a threat of violence by the government and it's just like mm-hmm. oh that'll That'll make you check your heart, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the word mandate comes to mind. I mean, pretty forceful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I did. I didn't mean to uh, throw you down. I'm like, same to me. If I could just a little like append real fast, the idea of like government being coercion generally uh, shattered me too. I was just like, ooh. So like everything is. Oh, dang. All right, time to go. Right, like dive affordable down care act. What if I don't want it? Well, you have to pay a fine. Well, what if I don't pay the fine? Well, then the IRS is going to come after you. And then back to Ryan's analogy, where eventually a gun shows up. Yeah. It's like, oh, this bill designed to care for me is violence. Yeah, so we just voted in violence. Yeah, they'll either shoot you or put you in a cage. And like, I'd I'd rather be shot, <laughs> to be honest. And then so much of this violence is predicated on what's best for us. Yeah, and it's, well, like people it, need healthcare. It's what's best for you. People need education. It's what's best for you. And then you get a letter from in the mail from Kamala Harris saying that you and your mom are going to jail because you didn't go to school. Yeah, because um, it's what's best for you. And like, also, she's evil, fam. She's so bad. The, the <laughs> idea of like markets being like obviously, I'm not a fan of democracy in its current state because it's like just people imposing their will at the threat of violence on other people, but. For people who love democracy so much, so much, the market is the most democratic system on the planet. Almost, like you're voting with your dollar, and if you don't get the votes, you don't get in quote power, or you don't get your market share. Like that's how it works. Provide a good or service that people want or don't. And all of these companies that I hated, like the big corporations that were propped up by subsidies and like. You know regulations that cut out competition subsidies by who ryan by the government <laughs> oh yeah so when i realized you what mean... i hated wasn't <laughs> capitalism it was crony capitalism it's like let's see what the and also the idea that sweden and norway and finland are like capitalist countries with large social safety nets it's like all right so if they have all that wealth because of free market principles and they're just deciding to siphon it off into the welfare thing why is it that that's creating so much wealth oh because the market works cool central planning is inherently awful because there's billions of things that go into making a pencil look into milton freeman's speech i pencil or essay i forget which one it is it's him walking through the creation process of a pencil and how much actually goes into that and how many years of planning to make a pencil and just extrapolate that to a car or a computer and you can't ever be for central planning ever again and you can do that you can do that mental exercise with literally anything yeah is for me like we're recording this on a computer and it was easy for me to go to the store and buy the computer 
So then ask yourself, like, where did the parts from that computer came from? Where was that assembled? Who built the facility in which it was assembled? Who took the things that weren't there and then transported them there? Now, who put the gas in those things that transported them there? Where, where did that did gas, gas come, come from? from? How did that gas... Well, it, you know, it came from... <laughs> the people were bombing. Uh, I was going to make a Middle East joke, but I decided not to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to... Yeah. Um, uh, it's How so, did like, they it's pump just... the air into the tires of those planes that take the bombs over there to bomb them so we can get the oil and then ship it back to make the pencil? <laughs> yeah, and there's also... Uh, <laughs> At Mises University this past go around, um, which is a fantastic event. I love it. Um, Sean Rittenauer gave a speech on the Austrian capital theory where he went through all of the the process of creating a piece of cake, one piece of cake, and it is dense uh, on just that one thing. The cake was dense? Well, probably. Um, It was a pound cake. Yeah. Um, Mises Uh. Mises has a, a, a book or like a pamphlet or whatever. Uh, called planned chaos because the market is anarchy like there is no rhyme or reason why steel costs that much except for market forces like it it is anarchy that too uh what was that video that i think we posted on the lunch boys instagram about central planning and how like prices are more than just what you pay to receive a good or or service it actually tells you what the value of that is and what the demand of it is and how you can allocate resources best to serve the people best Mm -hmm. um unbelievable and libertarianism to me and this is the last thing uh, i i want to say just about my flip you know was sorry politically it Oh, no, it's all good, bro. It's all good. (laughs) That's the whole point. The lunch boys, we hang out. Uh, And so it was just that it was, it really cared about two things. It cared more about philosophy than it did about um, alignment. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why libertarians can be super freaking annoying because a lot of them don't agree on a lot of different things. And that's because they're processing through a philosophy, not through a dogma. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, that's a valuable thing. Uh, unlike you know your black lives matter groups that are like well we do believe in this and then we also believe in this about trans people we believe this about social issues we believe this about it's like no 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 no. you you can have just one thing um Mm -hmm. so i liked that libertarians did that because they were so concerned about philosophy and trying to figure out how to fit that philosophy into the world and that they valued intellectual consistency which was what like in that crowder video i was struggling with is like if lying is bad lying is bad it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter who lied or what it was about lying is bad yeah and libertarians would say lying is bad yeah and call it a day yeah and i really loved that about the philosophy is that it cared so much about those two things yeah so you won't find uh yeah. libertarian politicians lying as much because uh pretty consistent and you only have to lie a bunch you try to be. when you're inconsistent <laughs> they also don't get that much coverage so that too <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Amash came out as libertarian and then we got like a day of coverage and they just <laughs> kicked us out? Right. <laughs> Amash, unfortunately, even though he's like one of the best ones, he's not like he's not very interested in red pilling people. At least he doesn't come across that way until recently on his Twitter. Yeah. And his Twitter was pretty balling. Like, what was it? Three days ago. Mm-hmm. Something like so. that. Go look him up. So. Justin Amash. But other, when he was making that initial presidential run, he was saying things that were just like, oh, we need to fix the system. And you're like, okay, cool. Everyone says <laughs> like that. Like it wasn't, yeah. yeah, it wasn't super helpful. Um, 
and that's why I liked uh, Jacob Hornberger so much because anytime he opened his mouth, he was going straight into philosophy and how that philosophy addresses the real world. Yeah. Um, and I thought Jorgensen was going to get us there. And then I heard spike on Dave Smith's show and I was like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty look. I, I do think though there's a, a case to be made that Hornberger is too much. It's like, you know how jazz is called music for musicians. Like, Hornberger was the libertarian candidate for libertarians, you know? Yeah. Um, or people who are already sympathetic to it. I th- uh, it's like, kind of like listening to Snarky Puppy. In the great yeah. words of a guy I know named Josh, he said, it's just the most masturbatory music for musicians. Yeah. And I was like, that is the best description of Snarky Puppy I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Because you couldn't pay me to listen to that. It's not entertaining. Yeah. But it's <laughs> just impressive. being honest. Yeah. I was actually telling this it's to Ryan. Amazing, but yeah. not fun to listen yeah. to. I was telling Ryan this earlier. I feel like the jump to president is probably the shortfall for the Libertarian Party. Like, you definitely don't start there. You need to get, like, councilmen on a city councils as LPs. Then you need to get congressmen in districts to be Libertarian. And you start seeing Congress start to fill up with more and more Libertarian seats. Because that's how you're going to educate constituency. And then as, like, like, right now they think there's one independent in Congress. Is that right? Uh, there's Justin Amash. Right. Who, so who is, who one. Had, like took the L. Like he, so, he's, a, he's a libertarian. Well, we all take the L. But So could you imagine <laughs> if you were to at least get that to one fourth, then yeah. all of a sudden jumping to the executive branch would make a whole bunch more sense. Because right now everybody still plays that card like, oh, well, they're never going to win, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, However, yeah. if you start small and build up to it, that won't be an argument anymore. As of right now, as much as Ryan hates to hear it, it is still an argument, unfortunately. Oh, no, I'm, I'm 100% yeah. sympathetic to it. But it is kind of funny that the party uh, that's the most pro-decentralization is so focused on right? <laughs> the, yeah. the largest form of government. Um, exactly. But we could go down that uh, rabbit hole for forever. Henry, or uh, Jake, assuming you're... Maybe done. Oh yeah, that's it for me. Gotcha, Henry. For me. Uh, scare us, <laughs> please. All right. Well, <laughs> so Alex anybody... Jones, lizards and Martians. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody stuck around for fifty minutes, they're they're in for a treat now. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I'll try to make it quick though, because I mean I'm not trying to eat up through an hour. Um, but basically, my parents are political refugees from the Soviet Union, so that already i think primes me to think a particular way and that is that everybody's lying all the time and you're constantly in danger yeah right so my parents are exiled from an occupied territory of the soviet union which now is called estonia they bounce back and forth on planes they're in italy for a while then they're supposed to be on the pan am flight that blew up magically they end up getting on a different plane they end up in america and i feel like this is already kind of like sets a tone for what kind of person I am and what my upbringing was like. Even like throughout growing up, was I was in Detroit, that's where I was born, moved south. There was a lot of conservative talk radio grown up in the house. So Rush Limbaugh, Hannity, or Bill O'Reilly in the evening after Jeopardy and all that. Literally right. my whole childhood. So there was a lot of that. And it's it's pretty much because at that time, that's really all there was. There was no YouTube rabbit trail to go down when I was five years old, right? So I think that 
that's probably why I gravitated towards the Christian right in general. But there was always like the lingering background because I constantly hear stories about what my grandparents experienced. Mm -hmm. So for example, when I think it's my grandmother was getting ready to go to St. Petersburg and she's at a train station and then suddenly, you know, there's always been talk of war. There's a war in the European theater that's been going on for a bit and they always felt as though it's never going to touch them. So there's really nothing to worry about. She's getting ready to go off to university in St. Petersburg, which is a pretty big deal, I guess, especially if you're growing up in a smaller country because the university in St. Petersburg is very scholastically known. And then all of a sudden, while she's waiting for the train, these two fighter pilots, Germans, they kind of descend on the people and wave at everybody to get out of the way. And then on their second pass, they level the place. And that was what essentially completely changed the trajectory of her life. Now you've got where the Soviets invade. It's one of the bloodiest uh, battles in World War II. It's just like on this plot of land. And this is why... I am skeptical of government always and forever because they always will come in nicely and they will literally lie to you until it's too late. Yeah. Right. So um, that being said, uh, oh, just like another fun story that came to mind was that uh, I also had ancestry that was in, um, I guess that was when the Bolshevik Revolution was taking place and they were getting ready to storm the Winter Palace. And I remember coming home from high school and like showing my parents the pictures in the book, which somebody, you know, there's like these really dramatic paintings of the Bolsheviks in the square and they're all like righteous and getting ready to take the power back. And in reality, that never happened. That's a bunch of BS. And essentially, it was just a coup. And there were armed guards. They stormed the Winter Palace. They murdered the family behind it, and that was that. But there's a completely different folklore that gets published. And another uh, family friend that also comes with this background one time told me that he's like, do you know what the word history actually means? And I'm ready for some linguistic history to get dropped on me. And he's mm-hmm. just like, it means lie. And I was like, Whoa, And I feel like that's when like a lot of the, the veil ripped for me, that basically everything that we're told about history is essentially from somebody's vantage point. It was, it's something for, for their agenda. It might not even be real. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And I think that when you emotionally detach yourself, now all of a sudden I think you have a much clearer view of what it is that your life is like. Mm-hmm. So I think like Socrates has like the allegory of the cave where there's, you were a bunch of people in a cave and there's a fire, but we don't see the fire. We just see the shadows on the wall. And it's not until you exit the cave that all of a sudden you realize what's going on. So mm-hmm. that's all kind of in the backdrop. I'm growing up in America, in the South, and I start to go more and more towards the Christian conservative side. And it's funny that I had been taught all kinds of stuff like I just shared my whole life, but I never put two and two together because I was just always under the impression that America was the greatest country in the world. There's nowhere else. We defeated the Soviets. And in reality, I can't really think of any better place to live, if I'm be real honest. And it yeah. looks like the battleground has come here now. <laughs> so from within, uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't consider myself a libertarian necessarily. I think technically I'm unaffiliated, which basically just means that I'm a traitor. Uh, I'm a survivalist. I'll do whatever I got to do to stay alive. 
Oh, which on that note, there's another fun story. And in these small villages in Estonia during World War II, there would be like these farmers and they'll see like the Germans come in and then they would put on their hats that would resemble German supporters. And then when the Russians would come, they would change hats and they would put on those hats, right? And I feel like that's something, if I was in Portland right now and a bunch of Antifa guys were like rushing up on me, I'd be like, hands up, like, yeah, George Floyd and put a mask on and put a hoodie on and go run with them. And then the second they turned their back, like I'm out of there. <laughs> if I'm, if I all of a sudden get caught up with a bunch of MAGA hat people, I'd be like, yeah, Trump 2020, woo! And then I'd skedaddle. So you're a political chameleon. Essentially. So you don't um, believe anything on this podcast is what we're learning. I mean, this is I, Henry's I feel last like, episode. All right. <laughs> I feel like in, in, in large part, a lot of it, I think that there's a lot of truth, to a lot of stuff that we discuss, but it's kind of like what Rothbard mentioned about the constitutional monarchy might be better than democracy. No, right? it was Hop. And Hobbes said that. My bad. Hop. P. P. Hans Hermann Hoppe, sure. Democracy, the God Who Failed. PPE, AOC, New Green Deal. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. In, in case anyone wants to research or anything. <laughs> yeah, Google all, right. all three of those things at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's funny. So it's 9 11 hits, right? I feel like that's when our lives changed probably the most. And we really started to see the head of authoritarian dictatorship. Uh, Patriot Act gets enabled. But at that time, I was a kid. So I'm convinced that a whole bunch of Saudi Arabians came and they flew planes into a building. Therefore, we need to go kill all the Afghanis. That made perfect sense as a middle schooler, (laughs) mind you. Um, Clearly, not the case. Uh, However, so now, I guess I might be graduating college we've had the big crash of 2008 everything i learned about keynesian economics was crap (laughs) and it clearly doesn't work and then like all of this stuff that i remember hearing about growing up is flowing back nothing but lies you're indoctrinated from birth Mm -hmm. you need to support the system because the system needs minions essentially but to be fair that's how every kingdom every empire ever worked and that's unfortunately just how life is on this planet. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't necessarily mean I have to buy into whatever someone's lying to me about. Yeah. Right? So I'm at a crossroads. I don't necessarily understand what the political system of America means anymore. I still don't, to be completely honest. There are some sort of bigger forces at play almost always. And I think that what really uh, made me go down the quote-unquote tinfoil hat lane with a lot of this stuff is a book called Under the Sign of the Scorpion by a guy named Yuri Lina. And I think I might send that to you. This guy's Estonian. And I think he wrote this uh, while he was in Stockholm, I think. Okay. And essentially, with the fall and demise of the Soviet Union, all kinds of archives opened up, and all of a sudden you've got access to a lot of historical documents. Now, this book, when you start out, it essentially makes an argument for the rise of the communist and Bolshevik movement, how it's mm-hmm. actually financed by the West in order to take down the Tsarian government and their kingdom. But it gets much, much worse the more the book goes on. And it starts to go into how throughout history there are certain groups that have been essentially manipulating all historical events. 
And that's really the moment when you start going back to the Old Testament of the Bible and you see the sons of God running mm-hmm. about and doing things and you're like, whoa, they were not playing around, essentially. Yeah. So now, like, I don't exactly know what is true. If I read the news, there's totally the chance that they're making stuff up. More often than not, they are. Yeah. You've got somebody like Alex Facts. Jones as, as an alternative that's demonized by mainstream media. Everybody says it's all about how the water makes the frogs turn gay and all that kind of stuff. But if you go to his website, it's literally just political commentary. About That's all it gay is. frogs, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, the, the gay frog thing was what, five, six years ago? I forget. It was six seconds of like a 20-year career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he has been it's bringing It's kind of like Jake down. from State Farm four years oh, ago. Right. That commercial yeah. aired. Four years ago. Stop calling me that. <laughs> so, and it's fascinating. So, uh, Alex Jones has talked about Bohemian Grove, which even Nixon is on record talking about what kind of stuff takes place there, and it's not cool. Uh, basically, all of the like the Cuban crisis yeah. that was taking place, uh, how certain parties are literally trying to instigate events like the Gulf of Tonkin mm. in order to create these enormous conflicts because they've got ulterior motives yeah and it's starting to become more and more apparent and it does look as though now we're at some sort of a precipice where you can't really keep doing this unless you silence everybody that's starting to point out ulterior motives in political movements in wars Mm -hmm. and so forth so uh i'm trying to think if there's any other pertinent information as to why i am the way that i am (laughs) but that that essentially that sums it up Alex Jones, just for wow. everybody listening, he's a tricky one because when I listen, I listen to him on Rogan both times he's been on and half of the stuff he says, he's giving you names of people or documents. So you can go look it up. And a lot of it, I would arguably say most or all of the things where he's giving you names and like documents, you can find them. And but, the best part is, but then he gets there into always, like alien sex cults with LSD talking to other dimensions. And it's like, dude, you're just gonna, you're losing us here. <laughs> which, which even that stuff is mind-boggling when he does drop other names, and you realize that that stuff's true, and then you really get lost. But when he drops names, I've also noticed this, and it obviously makes me even more cynical. You will almost always find a polycheck snopes or a mainstream article that tries to downplay what he's saying but they won't actually say that it's not true they'll just try to smear him the entire way to make you stop reading the article and go elsewhere mm-hmm. which i just think is yeah a lot of a lot of alex jones stuff kind of reads like all those articles after stella emmanuel lady where it's right. like exactly they're kind of they're not really addressing the fact that she's saying this drug works at all they're just saying she believes in demon sperm which is like okay that's crazy you know alex jones you know it's talking about lsd cults and whatever it's like okay whatever like sure but if he makes a claim it the onus is on you to provide and especially if he's doing that thing where he gives like names articles things like that the onus is on you to provide another list of names and articles that debunk what he is saying mm-hmm. not to say that he said something about gay frogs See, but, but we we create these straw men and it's so much easier to attack them and people don't can't see the logical fallacy because i'm always afraid when i see someone getting attacked by way of fallacy because yeah. something that they said was not you were unable to refute it so you attacked them or something else about them and i'm like oh, i don't know 
I think, I think the funniest <laughs> that makes thing, me nervous. Uh, the funniest thing about the Alex Jones thing to me is that he's known for the gay frogs thing and how ridiculous it was. Uh, I, I read a few articles, so it's not just one crazy person saying that they were putting chemicals in the water that were turning frogs like they were switching the genders that usually happens yeah and it was they had sexual dysfunction yeah, like it um, actually as a result almost happened <laughs> you know he, he said it and ridiculously like, it's a meme exactly, how he yeah. said it it was like whether you want to call it a character or if that's just him being crazy like i think it's probably a little of both um he's a bit of an entertainer in addition to a news commentator he's yeah I, I also think he's crazy uh, but like doesn't mean a crazy person can't be right about things sometimes but this is what's really fun like the entire situation that we're seeing unfold now a lot of christians might say oh it's the end times and what i think is fascinating about that idea is if you compare what's taking place now to any other empire in history like rome or babylon or the egyptians they did a lot of really bizarre stuff that we're starting to find about about now right including very strange sexual rituals and stuff like that so it's just so interesting that people have crazy amnesia and they literally don't have any recollection of what's happened in human history Mm -hmm. and in the bible when it talks about sons of god if you are a bible believing christian i just find it interesting that you wouldn't be able to put two and two together that when it talks about something in the old testament and it is omitted in a lot of versions but is available in the dead sea scrolls and it, all this bizarre stuff is happening now, like the Pentagon talking about UFOs. Uh, research that shows that if you drink young animal blood, that the, it's rejuvenating. So all of this Pizzagate stuff, I mean, it's very, very possible. And it's honestly nothing new. Cannibalism is very old. The Mayans used to chop people's heads off and roll it down the temple stairs mm-hmm. by the tens of thousands. So yeah. this sex trafficking thing isn't that weird relative to history. Yeah. Yet, it's always downplayed, and I think that's where Henry gets the most suspicious. I don't think that a libertarian is going to be able to fix America. I'm pretty sure Jesus has to come back, and that's really the only hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, that that's... <laughs> Henry, anytime you talk, I get equal parts intrigued and equal parts just like, F the free world. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it does get... It is interesting to me because, like, with some of the stuff that's been going on, uh, a lot of people on the right have used this coronavirus stuff to say, like, well, don't forget, like, Hillary and Obama, they were all in on this Russiagate hoax, and they were all, it came all the way from the top, and that's crazy. And I'm like, that's worth mentioning, because it is crazy. But, like, you know what's getting even less airplay than that? Like, the amount of of craziness with the sex child, with, with the child sex trafficking going on in political and very well-connected circles. Um and what we care about more is whether or not Pete Buttigieg had millionaires at his wine cellar. You yeah. know, like, I'm just like, and guys, whether or this not is... I need to wear a mask, right? Like, or I heard there was a kid at a, on a field trip who smiled at a Native American. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, he made bank on that lawsuit. And by the way, if you, there's a full video out. It's the Native American guy's fault. Like, the kid didn't do anything. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that Anyways. dude is an activist, and he was being a jerk to that kid. Even even and that if he kid did, did have a super punchable uh, face, though. Don't ruin a kid's <laughs> which life, which didn't work in his favor. Yeah, don't ruin a kid's life because he had a super punchable face. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Pretty sure that kid's name was Chad, and then after the lawsuit, he renamed it Chop. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but yeah, like it, there's so much going on in the world, and then you know you spend. 10 minutes off the air with Henry where he's like, well, let me tell you some more about some child sex trafficking. I did remember trafficking. one fun story. Because the plot thickens. 
one fun story from a political science class uh, back in college days that I completely forgot about, and I'll try to make it real quick, but this is fun. So essentially, my professor was a consultant for the State Department and probably the CIA, if I had to guess. (laughs) But uh, he essentially told us that all these politicians get together at these big conferences, and at these conferences, they get to pick a cause and they have literally like a job fair little station set up and people will pitch ideas to them and one as an example was when al antipor gore took up censorship and that was just for whatever reason the one that they picked up then they went into the world and tried to play this off in order to get more constituency it failed miserably then literally a few years later he picked up climate change and global warming And then he just took off with that. He made even more money, became really famous, and blah, blah, blah. But essentially, there is just a perpetual motion for that people are playing games with the masses. Mm -hmm. And it's out in the open, and nobody's paying attention, and it's extremely frustrating. Even advertising it is an example of how easily people can be thwarted. So when people say that, oh, we've got free press, if you're told something seven times, eventually it goes down into your passive cognition and you start to believe it, whether you like it or not. You have to actively tell yourself this is not true Mm -hmm. in order to not fall victim to it. And just for when people start to wonder, like, some of this sounds a little crazy, don't you think? Eh, Not really. You know what Coca-Cola is regardless of where you are on the planet. And it's because they spend a kajillion amount of dollars every year, even though they're already popular, just to make sure that you've got it in the back of your mind mm-hmm. at some point. And, and if you're thinking like no other government would ever do that, look up Mockingbird. Right. Project Mockingbird, so think the about, CIA. Like the mask thing. We have the statistics on this uh, virus and yet... Everyone is constantly inundating you with, oh, you're all going to die. We need to wear a mask. You're going to get fined if you don't get out of this store without a mask on and blah, blah, blah. And no one's like, actually, none of this is necessarily true. They keep saying it's true, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. Mm-hmm. So, And another interesting thing is that the government will also get you to comply even if that's what you believe. So I'm starting to see yeah. in the store practically like people wearing a mask, but they aren't six foot distancing um, or what, which is very important, apparently, uh, or people who are just wearing their mask under their chin. Mm-hmm. I see that all the time. Or people who wear their mask under their nose, like all these well, different things that face. like don't touching their face you, because they're trying to move their mask, all this stuff. And it, it's interesting because like the government will also get you to like even when those things start to become inconsistent it doesn't matter if you believe what they tell you to believe they will comply in order to avoid the one person who actually does believe it and so there's like literally like where i work right now there's one lady who actually care like they have one way aisles in the grocery store there's one lady out of like 70 some people that work there that cares about whether or not you're going the right way and people will actively avoid her that she works there as well to keep her from saying something to you about it and what's funny is she's very concerned for her health, and she's this tiny little obese woman. And I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> should have been that what concerned a- 40 years ago. <laughs> Every day, you should buy her vitamin D supplements and be like, I think you need this. Well, guys, uh, that was awesome. Uh, it's kind of cool for our listeners in particular to get to learn a little bit more about us. And um, also, there's one one more topic that we need to talk about today. Um, it's the most important thing we're going to say this whole podcast, so you can just uh, skip to the end. I'm just kidding. Um, but I'm going to 
just do a little happy birthday, birthday to, to you. This is getting cut. Happy, happy birthday. No, it's not. <laughs> to you. Happy birthday, dear Ryan. Happy birthday I love that we're on Zoom and there's a time delay and I had a really hard time. That's going to be awful. <laughs> Me too. I had a really hard time. Thank you. We, we just lost our last listener. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Happy birthday to our editor, to my red pill giver, uh, to a great friend, the man who thumps the bass and he'll even play you some neo soul guitar if you ask him to. Uh, phenomenal producer, phenomenal person, uh, one of the most generous humans I've ever met. Um, when my family was in need, I can think of a very specific time that he helped us out. He's sexy as hell, and uh, we're just, I know I can speak for myself, I can't necessarily speak for Colin, but uh, Ryan is one of my closest friends these days, and uh, I cannot be more grateful to have you as a friend. So, happy birthday, a great lunch boy's birthday to you. And uh, thanks for listening, fam. We'll holla at you next time. Peace. That's it for this week's edition of Lunch Boys. Join us again next week as we watch the boys take one step closer to getting canceled. Bye-bye now. Stay safe out there. There's a lot of COVID. You might get it. You might not. Wear a mask. Or don't. Who knows? But whatever you do, have a strong opinion about it.